You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a JRPG game club podcast. This is season five, episode two, covering the opening leg of Shadow Hearts Covenant through the subway tunnels. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and eating fresh with me is... <laughs> Matt Marcus. Fletcher. And Cole. So uh, we start with the intro movie, which uh, my primary takeaway from was I love the same, just the same audio of a wolfhowl.mp3 over and over the whole time. <laughs> uh-huh. He's going to lick that bad boy. <laughs> which winds up being diegetic later in the best possible way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it. it I rewatched this uh, last night because I had played this first section like four months ago and I had forgotten. Oh, wait, that's a character. That's a character in my party. <laughs> I can talk, but kind of not. At first, uh, I wasn't sure if this was a Halloween Sounds album or not. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about Blanca's voice acting later. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, my God. I want to point out, as a uh, bit of trivia, I actually wrote the name as Bianca repeatedly because the font was displaying weird in my emulator until I fixed uh-huh. something. Yeah. So there, there's an entire thing where if I missed any she's referring to Blanca, uh, please correct that. <laughs> yeah yeah gonna go through and change all references to the font bianca <laughs> yeah all right so we open up we are in Dormy, france uh and this is uh during the 1910s is the beginning of uh world war one and uh a battalion of uh german soldiers are approaching a small church and they go inside the church and a demon attacks and one of the uh, people in this group is a red-haired woman. We find later that this is uh, our main character. Well, one of our main characters, Karen. Is it Koenig? Can you pronounce it? Koenig. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, German. Karen Koenig, uh, who is a lieutenant in the German army. So like, this is actually like really well directed, in my opinion, because like it, it it's very slow. It has like pretty good direction. Like, it builds up a lot of tension, and it doesn't really show the monster that much. Yeah, and, like, even before, right, even before you get to the church, there's, like, a bunch of, like, good first-person shots, and the camera nods uh-huh. when the guy nods. Very good. Yeah, yeah. And, like, so they're inside this church, and they hear gunshots as the people outside all die. And uh, <laughs> Karen goes to run, and one of the guys like, no, don't, don't go out there. Uh, then this demon busts through the stained glass window and starts wrecking people. And there's a really good shot where they like cut away towards uh, like a statue of Mary as like it gets like a little splatter of blood here and there. It's very, very symbolism. Good. <laughs> symbolism. Uh, <laughs> also, this demon has a very well-defined butt for the record. <laughs> uh, dude, he works out for sure. Uh, All yeah. Squats. Yeah. And then there's a bit where a, a German soldier goes to throw one of the stick dynamites, uh, dynamites, uh, grenades at the demon. The demon knocks it away towards Karen. But uh, it turns out that the demon shields Karen from the blast. But it, it's also very funny because he like stands up holding her and then just drops her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just whoops. Like, I, I don't need this anymore. And then he leaves and uh, she survives with a handful of other soldiers. Does and he transform go, into a dude as he walks away? Yes. Uh, he does transform into a dude, uh, a dude wearing a black outfit with a big cross on the back, which is apparently plot relevant to the previous game. Shadow the Stampede. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we get to, we, um, they, we wind up in the a debriefing after this. Uh, she was found on the side of the road with the remnants of her crew. And then they're like, hey, you know what? You did a great job. Let's go back. <laughs> 
And the general says that she is going to be their guide to this because she has actual experience in the region. But she's also going to have to take along Cardinal Nicholas Conrad, fresh from the Vatican. He looks like a 17-year-old, which is wild that that is his rank. Yeah, fresh from the Vatican, also fresh from the womb. <laughs> He's easily one of the youngest-looking people we're going to meet in this entire update. <laughs> like, I knew nothing about this. See, I, know, I knew nothing about this going in, really, aside from broad strokes. I looked at him and like, oh, yeah, blonde guy, Vatican, white magic user who's given to me at the beginning. He is going to double-cross me. <laughs> Also, like, twice as strong as your other character? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We got we got a real Sephiroth and Nibelum here. And, and the game will actually spoil this for you if you look into him at all. <laughs> which, uh, which is very funny. Well, well, we'll talk about that more once we get control of him. Yeah. Yeah. But we just rushed through the last bit of the opening FMV. We are told it is 1915. World War I is still ongoing. And in a corner of Europe, Cloud and Barrett's weird love child, a man named Lenny, is leading a squad of shitty wolverines around. Claw men who have no faces. They, they look Finally like the Albed, right? <laughs> like, they kind of look like Albed uh, guys with, like, um, if Albed were claws. Vega. Yeah, Vega yeah, claws. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, got a, we got a whole gaggle of uh, Barakas from, uh, or no, no, Cable? What's the Mortal Kombat guy? There's no Mortal Kombat guy. Who's no, like Baraka, Baraka works. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like if Psycho Mantis was Baraka is the whole steez because they got the gas masks and the weird gimp suits and everything. Very weird. But they yeah. also like they, they squeak. They they have like really squeaky like voice barks when they get hit and stuff or like when they like cower when they die, it's... they just go. Ah! <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, this is where the game gives you control. Yeah. After uh, after after a lengthy uh, lengthy intro there uh, setting up uh, you know, the thing that's special to me about this game is that uh, you know nothing takes place in World War One it's crazy um, but yeah, we it's, get a, <laughs> good. it's a good setting because you normally get that weird like fantasy everyone's using swords with technology but it's like actually like just well set in a time for that yeah. and it makes <laughs> it feel way more grounded than just the generic sci fi fantasy setting. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like this game, Valiant Hearts, and uh, oh god, what was that other World War One game? Like you just oh Battlefield One. <laughs> <laughs> I was really expecting you to try to come up with the darkness and not Battlefield One. <laughs> I was expecting Valkyria Chronicles, so that was a swerve. I was well, going to say Valkyria Chronicles was a is joke. Two. <laughs> it's true uh, though <laughs> see and this proves that women were fighting in world war one yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh, but yeah well once well, once you get control uh you head over to the vatican you gotta be, make the stopover before you head back to dom remy or doremy i it look they say it different every time something like that uh but your tutorial dungeon it's like this uh like this tower called apoena tower uh, which is apparently this um, uh, just a, a place where they buried all of these discredited people and their artifacts or something. Uh, you get you get a big debriefing here, uh, but we're going over there, uh, and this is kind of the training dungeon, um, and it's pretty simple. And this is a theme that I've kind of noticed in the first leg here that uh, dungeon design doesn't seem to be an emphasis for this theme. No, for, I hope for, not, because the there's studio. no map. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why is there no map? So bad. 
Yeah, I had to d- default to using ASCII maps on GameFAQs to get around the oh. uh, to get around the subway. Oh, oh yeah, no. like like the, when I got to that section, I was like, oh no, we made Cole do the the sewer level. <laughs> uh, this is rough. <laughs> no worries. No, Here's no the joke: worries. everyone's going to have to do the sewer level to do parts after this. Ah, uh, that's true. You, he just had to do it first. You know what Besides really us. bums me out is that. I don't think I wouldn't mind the lack of no map if the minimap demarcated area transitions. Yeah, that'd be nice. But it does it so everything no. just blends together into God, where am I? And that's how I wound up level nine for the dungeon, uh, the sewer dungeon boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Absolutely rolled that guy at level nine, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the lack of demarcated area or de- demarcated transitions and kind of their emphasis on cinematic angles, which are fine, right? really does mm-hmm. lead you to like make these transitions and gets get turned around quite a bit especially with a lack of you know any kind of landmark really yeah yeah um something else that's happening here uh is that this game loves to throw hidden items at you it's kind of like a friday the 13th movie or a game uh, for the nes uh like they're not in chess or anything but you're just going to be walking around and you have to hope that the thought bubble will animate in time for you to notice it before you've moved past it. Yeah, that just means you have to go to literally the full end of every dead end, even if you don't yes. see a chest. Because there are also chests, which uh, seems rude. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and these but- items are like, they're they're more than just like the, the mana leaf or like the, the healing leaf. Like some of these are really important items for your judgment ring and you don't want to miss them. Yeah, they're like ring upgrades and stuff. Yeah. You better get those if, if you want to use Geppetto at all. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, the, the polite thing to do would be put like a little spark, you know, do like a Resident Evil director's cut kind of thing on it. Well, and the thing that's kind of bullshit about it is that when uh, when we're in Paris, which we'll get we'll get later, they do a little scene where there is a little sparkling thing on the ground and <laughs> you pick it up and it's like some upgrade items or something when you're in a yeah. Geppetto's apartment. They could do it. They had it in the game. They've proven they know that that's a thing you can and should do. So, blah. So, uh, since you're hanging out with uh, Nikolai, you can look at him in your codex, and uh, uh-huh. it points out that he is actually is not Nicholas. His name is uh, uh, just a, a fiction, and he is just disguised as a priest and actually a heretic. Thanks, video <laughs> game. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the whole reason we're in the the the, uh, the tower with the Vatican used as an asylum for uh, the politically irritating is we have to go get a uh, magic stick from the top of a holy mistletoe, which is uh, apparently an excellent exorcism tool, uh, which we actually find out just sucks your soul out of your body. <laughs> Great. At the top of the three floor tower uh, is the uh, gargoyle, which is a which is your tutorial boss interestingly for your tutorial boss this boss can be given the sanity system and that carrot only has four sanity points uh this boss can be very hard to get through if you want to have karen get xp and not wind up being four levels behind your entire party later yeah she definitely went berserk for me yeah i spent like i had to do like 40 minutes of figuring out how to get this guy down without blowing a bunch of uh sanity point items and not having karen go berserk yeah, I've I found like the early part of this game just in general, like unless you're uh, using optimal strats and you're decently leveled, you're just going to like chew through your inventory of items yeah. just to try to like survive these fights. 
Next episode, the notes will better reflect the boss difficulty, but keep in mind, this is my third run-through of this thing in recent months. And I'm basically <laughs> assassin. New game plus plus right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Billy, turns out Karen can one-hit kill it with a combo. Nice. Go figure. Karen's yeah. sword magic, extremely strong, by the way. Oh, oh it's very <laughs> good. The, the problem is, uh, it doesn't really show like much of the area effect, right? When you go to select it, or does it does it show it on the on the map before you like it does. pick an enemy okay okay I, w- I wasn't sure i have been trying not to like burn through my mp as i like go through these dungeons and it's hard not to you get so they're tents are so cheap mm-hmm. All right. yeah but i i didn't buy a lot of them before i went to the subway <laughs> oh buddy you gotta have five <laughs> at all times uh pro tip a lot of places in this game you can leave the dungeon before the boss do that yeah 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 i i got i, I know like later on in that dungeon you do that but uh anyway so after the tower, we get kicked to the world map, uh, which, by the way, the world map music is awesome. Yeah, the music just, in like, general is awesome in this game. I, oh, I so was good. real impressed by that. Yeah, yeah. Shadow Hearts is a series that thrives on style. The music is good. The art is good. The actual JRPG-ness is very third string. Yeah, So, but it's it's funny how much it changes from... Like this map one, uh, I know it's like the guy from Chrono Cross probably did this track because it just sounds like it. But then there are tracks that are like straight up IDM, you know, like techno breaks and stuff. It just like <laughs> just comes out of complete nowhere. Like the boss battle theme, which I'll probably drop in somewhere in this episode, is is very good. Even just the baseline and the regular combat encounter, like it got yeah. me like real jazzed up. <laughs> uh, so now we can't go back to a point of tower. But we can go back to Dom Remy. Yeah, and you can uh, look at the relic, uh, the mistletoe, in the library section of your uh, menu, because you can do menuing in, on this map screen, which is interesting if you want to read more about that, because you're not going to have it for very long. <laughs> Honestly, just check the library tab after every uh, big event. You usually get some weird new details. I'll point well, them out in the notes as we once can. Once you get, hilariously, it's still in your inventory because you left the uh, cutscene with it still in Homeboy's body, so you can still look <laughs> at it later in your inventory. Uh, dude, if only it was sticking out the entire time, like on its <laughs> model, that would be great. Uh, so we go... We start off uh, in the forest outside of the town where the church is, and uh, there's a lot of uh, different paths you can take through here to like pick up items and stuff. But the the enemies you face here are like they're toys. They're like wooden toys, like ducks and wooden lions and stuff. It's weird because some of them are like random battles because we're still talking, you know, RNG based random battler. But there are also trip wires in the town that trigger battles as well. Did yeah, the well, villagers they're, they're, set up toy traps? Yeah, apparently there are no random encounters, it turns <laughs> out, because they're all at a choke points and to get treasures and you can just deplete them all and have no other encounters. Because I was like, well, I guess I maybe should put on a level while I have all this free healing and then there are just no more fights. Yeah, uh, that's weird. Yeah, like they don't I don't think they do that anywhere else in the game that I've seen so far. Everywhere else, it's just you walk until a battle starts. No, after this opening scene, when you get your full party, they explicitly call out, now the random battles count, and give you an in-story <laughs> reason why. So there are oh, places yeah, where you true. can go the wrong direction and just have to fight some Wolverines <laughs> repeatedly? Yeah. <laughs> it, do, do you think it's kind of rude that, like, in the tutorial part of this game, they're throwing literal toys at you? It's a little no. rude. <laughs> I mean, no. if, it's fine. That horse can do what, uh, ice magic. He had it coming. 
<laughs> Rude uh, is making me re-level up Yuri every time I restarted this game, even with the new game plus. Oh, oh that's a bummer. That is pretty rude. Yes. Anyhow, you reach the church again, and once again, all your men stay outside, and this time Karen and Nikolai enter alone. You immediately regret this because three seconds after the door closes, the outside turns into gunfire and chaos, and Nikolai just stops you from saving your men with, No, no, it's too late. He comes. The, uh, the demon rolls back in and turns into a dude again, and Nikolai just starts referring to him as Godslayer, which <laughs> is pretty wild if you have no idea what happened in the previous game. And Lenny rolls in at this point, the aforementioned tough who has weird rivet arms, and he is actually the shoulder person. pads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also an off-model face. No other face looks like his. Yeah, for for real, it's so square. There's a reason I referred to him as the love child of two FF Seven characters. He's <laughs> such a weird design. Yeah, he's got a Dorito face for sure, <laughs> and his name is Lenny. <laughs> actually you could, uh, Lenny, Lenny is literally black you could literally do the Homer meme <laughs> uh, actually you could just draw a triangle around his head and then a little line to Nikolai and have it say Illuminati confirmed <laughs> uh, so yeah this time it was not the demon but Lenny who killed all of the German troops and at this point we have it explained to us that the demon is a man named Yuri and the whole thing becomes a Mexican standoff because Lenny is holding a girl named Jean hostage. Yuri is squaring off with Nikolai and Karen is in the corner of the room just kind of forgetting that she's armed. Yeah, she got pushed over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it, without the context for who the Godslayer demon man is, it's very confusing what's going on here. Um, it's clear that uh, Nikolai is not up to any good because he gives basically a villain speech here talking about how he's got directions from God uh, to kill this traitor. Um, and yeah, there was a game before this one and this guy, the, you know, the demon who turned into a dude killed, killed off this traitor from heaven who was his prey. So it's like, hey, you, you swooped my kill. So now I'm going to come in and kill you and sacrifice everybody around. Oh, and also, I work for a secret society of anime weirdos called Sapientes Gladio, or the Sages of the Sword, and they are vying for control of this entire century. So I am mildly unclear on the whole thing, because uh, Nikolai makes it sound like there was a traitor, the traitor drew God out of heaven, and then Yuri killed them both? Yeah. Uh, short version, it. last game, a guy tried to create a false god. Yuri killed the idolater and the idol. Okay. Okay. Huh. And that messed That's up. why I just TLDR'd it. <laughs> the, so like, the, that messes up the, the, the Sapientes Gladius plan then? Were they on the side of the false god or are they just... I don't actually know if there's anything more than... Nikolai has entered this story because he was trying to get the power that came from killing a false god. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th like, this is running up against something that is actually really strange about this, which is, uh, like, JRPGs that are direct sequels or have direct sequels are not actually that common. Yeah, because no, God's dead really. at the end of it. What are you going to do? 
<laughs> yeah. You, no, you build like, a new god. Yeah. But I mean, like every every major franchise, there's a continuity break. It takes place in a different world. It has like shared themes. Like that even happens in uh, like Dragon Quest. Here, like there's a there's a shared protagonist between them. I mean, and, this is the third of a trilogy. Oh, yeah, because of Kodelka. Yeah. 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 Recurring character, Francis Bacon. <laughs> Roger Bacon. It's Roger. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably related. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't spoil myself, like, who's in Sapientis Gladio. Uh, this is crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I, I added uh, Shadow Hearts 1 nods throughout the notes where i recognized them but i've kept this as free of spoilers as possible because these two are new to this yeah yeah i played this uh like 14 years ago and don't remember anything (laughs) so everything goes uh very sideways when karen's like oh right i'm in the army and have a gun (laughs) (laughs) so she, she just shoots letty and nikolai uh, Jean falls to the ground, and uh, now Yuri's free to just start like wrecking shop. And Nikolai goes to like stab Karen with the holy mistletoe. Yuri jumps in, gets it in the chest, uh, starts to glow, and uh, the holy mistletoe starts to glow, and everything fades to white. And uh, we go to a flashback. Hi, Lightning Strike Stories is part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. If you would like to support what we do, uh, please go to patreon.com forward slash pitchdrop or tentacle.pro and kick us a few bucks. You can join our Discord channel as well as get bonus uh, episodes from being Jim Davis, Buffett or Stop It, of course, this series as well. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. So thank you to our patrons and anybody who's left a review. And thank you all for listening. Yeah, this is like a weird flashback and like aftermath thing. Like the the timing of this is a little weird, but it starts with a flashback with uh, Yuri and John. Uh, they're sitting at a fire and uh, the short version is um, her entire village dies except for her grandpa Geppetto. And <laughs> I believe, is that right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I rewatched this this like last night, I swear. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like he protected the, he protected the village from... I guess the German army because they, they do say in the, the flashback with uh, the general that this is the only part of this area of France that has resisted control of the German army and just they don't really need it. But as a point of pride, they can't just have this one bit of resistance out yeah, there. This, the soldiers, quote unquote, took everyone away. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they took all the people away. There's a there's a really quick cutback to um, Yuri and Geppetto. Uh, looking at a grave, uh, which is the grave of Alice from uh, Shadow Hearts 1. So this confirms that this is the bad ending of the previous game where 
Yuri survives, but Alice has to sacrifice herself to uh, to beat the god. Yeah, and Yuri just buries her himself. Yeah. Yeah, with his own hands, uh, Geppetto will say. Uh, also, the wolf is there, and at some point, Jean says, if the soldiers come again, the wolf will howl. Yep. <laughs> Very into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, Jean makes a point that um, that the dog, uh, Blanca, the, the wolf, uh, took uh, food from Yuri when previously um, he would only take food from Jean. So we wake up now, uh, we're in the forest again, but we're in a little cave, and Yuri's wearing a, he's wearing a necklace, which has a, a little red talisman in it, a little red stone, and that's, um, that'll come out a little later. It was blue in the first game, but it was used to keep track of Yuri's malice level, and uh, as you can imagine, malice is bad, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's going to uh, come into play uh, very shortly here. So our party is now Yuri, Blanca the Wolf, and Geppetto. Karen is unarmed now for God knows why. And Geppetto has helped bail Yuri out, while Lenny and his boys have rounded up the surviving villagers. Yuri is now level one with none of his skills because the mistletoe has cursed him. He can no longer do his fusions, he can't turn into the demon, and we now have a thing in the menu called a soul meter. We'll explain that in a few minutes. Yeah, he's got a little mind palace that he goes to where we're going to see that. Um, so the characters that you have in addition to Yuri are pretty interesting. Uh, so uh, you control the wolf. You control Blanca uh, or Bianca, depending on how the font displays. Um, <laughs> uh, and Blanca is kind of a mage, like real similar to Karen, uh, actually. Uh, kind of a little bit more of a uh, magic focus uh, than her, but when I was able to swap Karen back in, I I did that. And uh, you also have Geppetto, who is just Lulu from FF10. <laughs> like uh, he's a mage. Like when you go to attack, uh, he has a very simple judgment ring. He only gets one attack, at least you know by default out from the start which really pushes you into using his magic that we don't have that just yet. Uh, we do not have the ability to um, customize his doll, uh, which is going to happen later on and giving him special attacks. So his doll, that's who he attacks with. It's, it's like Lulu, except instead of being like Moogles and Cactors and stuff, it's just kind of a very realistic doll based on his dead daughter's appearance. So cool. I love that it's explicitly a marionette, just in case you weren't sure that this was a whole Pinocchio bit. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, like, uh, the actual weapons are the twine that attaches to the doll. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So, like, yeah, like, when, uh, like, we'll get our first upgrades a little later in this episode. And, yeah, it's uh, all of his upgrade items are, like, the twine. Yeah, I mean, so it would probably be pretty insensitive if he got, like, an hour into this game and said, screw it, I need a better daughter now. And then he trashes the old one and gets a better one. That's probably more thematically. Um, If only, like, you just, like, got better weapons for the doll and you just start, like, stamping on, like, more spikes and knives onto it or something. (laughs) Just more and more elaborate strings so you can pull your doll's gun hand triggers. (laughs) I would would just love it if he just swung it around on the strings and slapped people with it. (laughs) 
I do kind um, of like the idea of him just turning this replica of his daughter into a weird Cenobite over time. Hell yeah. <laughs> just a hell daughter. Um, I misspoke earlier when I said you don't have spells. Uh, right away here at the start, you get crests that she can equip for this game's really interesting magic system. Um, however, Yuri is unable to cast spells because he's got a whole different skill set that is going to unlock later. He, he yeah, just he refuses mildly, to use it. He gets <laughs> mildly dragged by Geppetto, like, oh, you don't remember spells, do you? <laughs> and he's like, I don't need them. And then it turns out, wait, I can fuse. And like, no, I can't fuse. Oh, shit. What do I do? <laughs> oh. And at this point, the uh, game just says the random battles are now because of Yuri's unstable soul. The malice is uh, from his from his soul is uh, creating hatred wherever we go. And uh, apparently the Shadowhearts cosmology malice is potentially sentient influence caused by negative emotions that Yuri consumes when killing monsters. Uh, the yin to its yang is uh, will, which is a human influence. And then you uh, do a dungeon in the forest, which uh, sucks because it has a bunch of hidden paths that don't even show up on your mini map, uh, which basically means you just hug the screen's edge the whole time mm. and it loops around a bunch of times. It's uh. a lot. Yeah, and there, there's a there's a path like up to up the mountain kind of, yeah. and then there's a lift, but you don't need to use the lift. I guess it's a nope. faster way to get through the map. But well, it's so you don't have to backtrack the whole way because the mountain path is very long. Yeah, I, I guess it's it's and just weird like a because I crest at the top because I, I I hung to the right here and just went right to the campsite, and I I went I saw the uh, the bottom of the lift, but it says you can't use this lift, and I'm like okay, there was something must be up there. But I, I watched a Let's Play yesterday, and the the player went up the mountain and just came down. So it just se- seemed like a shorter path. Yeah, at the top yeah. of the mountain is the um, the the poison hit effect, I think. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I have a poison hit effect, so I don't know where I got that from. Huh. There's a couple you can get during this stretch. Gotcha. So uh, there is also a bridge puzzle in this dungeon because this is our tutorial to dungeon gimmicks and things like that. Uh, As we mentioned, there's an elevator. If you find the battery key item on, I think it's one of the hidden paths, you can use it to go up and down. And there is also a bridge puzzle where you have to start playing with switches to raise and lower the bridge. As a kindness, if you take too long to solve it, Yuri gets pissed and kicks the bridge down for you. (laughs) <laughs> However, if you do this, you lose out on a hit area expand item, which will be on the bridge if you solve it normally. Mm. Eventually, though, you get to the end of this region and Yuri will pass out and enter the graveyard. In Shadow Hearts 1, this was a literal graveyard. Now it is a hell dimension in Yuri's soul with a massive tree that has a sleeping doppelganger of him growing out of it. Sitting uh-huh. inside of a black void surrounded by doors. Yeah, my man, cool. my man in deadly premonition now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, like the the voice, like the lines in this uh particular scene are just absolutely hilarious. Like, this is a graveyard in my soul. There's some real classes of game stuff that happens in some of these deliveries. <laughs> yeah, and, and this yeah. one in particular. <laughs> Uh, oh man yeah uh but uh this is where you make a choice even though they don't communicate that you're making a choice uh i necessarily i wouldn't have necessarily picked the one that i want but you're gonna go and look at these uh crests that are here in the graveyard down these different spokes to pick your first um fusion form each of these fusion forms uh kind of matches to one of the game's classes 
quote unquote, um, although the classes are really just kind of elemental affinities. Um, so for me, like I ended up taking dark by accident, which kind of turns him into a white haired hot topic version of himself. Um, but yes, the uh, thriller version of him. Yes. Yeah. And it was fine, but you know, I looked on before I play and they said, yeah, earth and fire are the ones you want to get at the beginning here. It didn't, it didn't hurt me too much that you could do that, but, um, yeah. And this also introduces Yuri's kind of own personal weird level up system. Uh, where you can increase your uh, your stats of your fusion by leveling up a particular crest here and kind of ranking it up. And yeah, your summons do share a level here. It's not like, uh, you know, Guardian Forces or whatever. In FF8, you know, like level up one, they all level up uh, as, as well. Yeah, within the element. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, there we go. I mean, that, that makes more sense. Um, <laughs> so that is a good way to go. Um, it's never a bad idea to go and pump as much as you can into a, uh, into a particular fusion. Yeah. And it, that soul meter we mentioned earlier is what fuels this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you get it when you kill guys. You get like three or whatever. Uh, you get bonuses if you do it without getting hit, which usually just means if you win the first turn, you get like twice as much soul. Does Yuri mm-hmm. have to land the killing blow for that, or is it just um, no. if your battle wins? Or if you, okay. It's it's just if you win. There's a couple of conditions, like if you get all perfects, you get like um, bonus items. Mm-hmm. So there's just like a mm-hmm. couple of extra conditions you can do in a battle. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what uh, crest did we all pick anyway? I, I picked water first because uh, that was the first one I ran into, and I'm like, oh, I can I can put soul energy into this, and uh, that. That didn't go super great. <laughs> <laughs> by the by, the end of this, I had since I got very lost in the tunnels, I had all the crests unlocked and uh, dark at like level three. Oh wow! <laughs> so you yeah. started with dark. Um, I don't remember which one I did first. I think I just went to the first one I found, which might have been Earth. Gotcha. Uh, I went Earth as a pick. Yeah, there are a couple of doors in in the graveyard that you can't go into. By the way. Um, I, I forget their exact names, but they yeah, are the doors. Yeah, it's like one of them. It's like the like, oh, this is a thick door. That's my uh, favorite one. The <laughs> other ones are like, this has a mysterious mechanism. I don't know how to open this one. And then one's just heavy. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, worth noting that I did not have a fusion before I got to the boss that we're about to fight, because after this cutscene, uh, you get a boss fight. You get a giant spider whose legs are gross fingers with nails on them. Yep. Uh, and good design. And, I love this yeah. so much. It's, uh, and it's got human eyes and human teeth. Oh. Very, and, very and, gross. And the little like the little mandibles in front of its uh, mouth is, are also uh, fingers. Mm. Uh, Fletcher found this fight very easy, apparently. Uh, I got <laughs> extremely wrecked here because uh, I managed to run the exact correct path to get here. So I had gained zero levels, had no fusions, and had no items that you didn't start the game with. Oof. So I definitely burned all of my talismans to get through this fight. Yeah, that's not on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I have I have that pro- I've I had this problem also where uh, most of the game, except for the subway tunnels, I accidentally find the critical path immediately, get wrecked by a boss, and then have to go backtrack and like level up and explore the dungeon. Mm-hmm. amazing yeah man yeah. just so you, you forget that jrpgs it's the only the only genre where getting the critical path on the first try is the bad outcome yeah yeah but yeah this this boss is basically the second form of tutorials in that this is where 
status effects are a thing. Arachne is a poison boss. If you right. make sure to heal yourself, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't really have uh, that many uh, items, because I don't think there's been a, any shopping options before, though. So, like, you nope. are only living off of whatever you found uh, running around. So, like, if you're out of Talisman of Lux, uh, yeah. you're SOL. You start with, like, five healing leaves, five mana leaves, three tents, and three revives, and I think two antidotes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's very, very stingy at the beginning. But uh, after we beat the boss, we head on to Paris. But before we get there, we go back to the graveyard of the soul. Uh, and uh, Yuri gets the emotional dick kick that is that Jean comes to visit uh, the little girl. Uh, so I we kind of glossed over this, but in the, that weird flashback uh, dream sequence, there is a scene where... Um, the demon comes up to Yuri and is holding Jean and then drops her, just showing that she's dead. Mm. And we never, it's never explained to us how this happened, but somehow in that explosion of light, uh, Jean dies. Uh, no, that's not how that happened. It's uh, because oh? Lenny rounded up everyone who was in the village and killed them. Oh, that I didn't catch. Mm. Okay. Yes. And this happens after they escape, I assume. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. they flee because they're wounded and Lenny purges the town. Yikes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Jean is here uh, and uh, <laughs> which uh, I, I would assume Yuri would have taken this a little bit harder, but he kind of no sells it a little bit. Uh, uh, Gary her, responds to a lot of things in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, I just wanted to check in on something before I have to go very far away, you know, because I died. <laughs> uh, she says that she's uh looking for something in his soul but she then also asks him uh so like hey are you uh ready for your journey of being alone and mm. you can go like uh no not not really and sort of like yeah actually and either way she just says uh uh you're just gonna have to figure that out <laughs> i like when you say no because that carries the extra implication of sucks to be you buddy <laughs> yeah. uh-huh uh-huh uh, oh. So we leave that scene and we are in Paris. We are in the apartment that Geppetto has in Paris that he mentioned early. He says, I have a I have an apartment in Paris. Let's go there. Ugh. This is this is weird first because you have Geppetto goes and finds a giant book. Uh look it up, sort of what does the mistletoe do? And he basically tells <laughs> I can't believe how big his urban apartment is in this economy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> And like he he's looking at this book and he's like, yep, it it traps uh like it purges souls of demons and stuff. Like, yeah. And he literally tells Yuri to his face, you're pretty screwed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and while while they get into a little bit of altercation, um, Karen comes in. Now, Karen before was only wearing basically a German army outfit with like big iron crosses on them. Uh <laughs> but That's she comes like, out. Yeah. Yeah, like it's the the crosses are very big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lots, but, lots of Germany content on this podcast network lately. <laughs> God, tell me about it. She she comes out and she's wearing what she what you've seen on the cover of this game, which is this really sexy, like over sexy outfit. Like she's wearing like a, a sleeveless, like kind of halter top thing um, that's kind of like a purple, like a like a light eggplant aubergine, if you will. Uh, she's wearing um orange micro mini with like little slits on the side and then like mid thigh boots and yeah, i take this go ahead 
I would describe this, since we described Geppetto as Lulu earlier, this is Karen getting the orange Riku. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, the camera does a full pan up her body and then cuts to the two guys, like, on their knees drooling about it and then goes back to her and cuts back down. <laughs> and then she slaps them in the face because anime. Yeah. The, 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 so is it just, like, was it contractually obligated they, that they had to have this scene? Man, I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it just it just feels very, like... I don't know. Are they going to go to a hot springs later? <laughs> like, probably. They're probably oh. surprisingly horny. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, the thing is also like, there's a little line where Geppetto's like, oh, I, I only saw stars. I didn't see anything. What did you, did you see anything? And uh, Yuri's paradise. like, I saw paradise. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you, are you talking about a vagina, man? What you I, I think he's, no, what, he, what he's talking about is uh, Karen's bright blue panties, which is the only thing in her outfit which contrasts with the rest of her outfit. And during her, like a lot of her fight animations, you will see up the skirt like it just yeah. happens a lot. Yeah, th this is disappointing because I liked her army outfit. I thought that was a good character design. It made her look professional and competent. And now she's in this thing where Clingy doesn't even begin to describe it. And, and supposedly this is not uh this is something Geppetto had in the apartment. <laughs> it's it's his dead daughter's clothes. Yeah. That's even weirder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yikes. So, after that amazing scene, uh the crew decide that their next move since Geppetto doesn't have anything around that's going to solve this curse. Uh, to... I believe what you mean is, since this old fart doesn't know anything, let's go see an older fart. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, there's a reason I didn't transcribe direct dialogue in multiple places. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they are going to head to a port and go to Wales to see famous magician Roger Bacon. Magician. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. but, but, <laughs> but first, we get a quick break with another combat and i actually love the detail that just to add insult to injury four of them show up each of them comes in through a different window in the apartment rather than all coming <laughs> through the same hole uh-huh <laughs> it's like the end of christmas vacation you just repel in <laughs> through different windows yeah. uh, uh karen is now armed again she has picked up a sword so you now have a full party of four and after the fight, Geppetto decides, ah, I didn't know you were a swordsman. Here, have an opera. Because different scores from Dering des Nibelungen is going to be her power-up system over the course of this game. So, so okay, can, <laughs> is it a little weird that the German character uses Wagner to upgrade her, her sword skills? Because Wagner was, like, one of the most anti-Semitic guys, like fucking around at least vocally around at the time <laughs> like that feels a little bit on the nose and, but, but also like that opera is the basis for like every fantasy story we have now in some form or fashion so i wonder Fair if point. that's where they were going i i think that there's Man, a certain who knows? <laughs> there, there's a certain <laughs> amount of just like uh i don't know uh let, let's see here just using of european iconography without maybe understanding or acknowledging the context behind it like exactly I'm 1000 percent confirmed that that's it because yep. holy shit to the new world <laughs> oh we'll, we'll find out later when the game yeah. goes to palestine or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
Shadow Hearts 4? Eh? Eh? Uh, uh, no, uh, it's geez. never happening. This series is such a nightmare of rights. <laughs> like Shadow Hearts 4, involved. riding the caterpillar bulldozer to the new world. <laughs> <laughs> everyone involved has died twice. I mean, they, oh, they, they had to pay the Wagner estate, you know, to use this, so... <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so when you head out, uh, you get uh, an important item here, uh, which is uh, apparently like a, like a playing card or a postcard called the stud card, uh, also known as Bara porn. And this is a very <laughs> important item. And we're going to find that out later. This is actually one of like weirdly one of the things I knew about this game before I really sat down to play it. Because it is something that Penny Arcade made fun of back in 2004 when I read Penny Arcade. I think we all did. I think everyone, <laughs> like, let's be honest. Did anyone in this call not think of that joke the instant they saw that? I I didn't read Penny Arcade ever. No, I don't remember. I don't ah. remember this Penny Arcade. I think about the Odin Sphere one a lot for sure. Oh, yeah. I very much still remember to this game. Check his flower pot. Check his flower pot for gay porn. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I just know that it got mentioned on like a Retronauts back in the day, whenever Shadow Hearts was mentioned. Like, oh, yeah. that's the one where you use gay porn to upgrade one of your characters. Yeah, uh, it's 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 weird. It's weird what games get remembered for. <laughs> it's so, true. Uh, yeah, so we get this. We're gonna we're gonna cash it in later. Uh, but what we need to do, we're in Paris. Obviously, it's 1915, and you know there's a war on, and the city is mostly under blockade. Uh, we need to actually go through the subway tunnels um, to get out of the city so we can head up to, you know, head up to Britain and talk to, again, Roger Bacon, uh, de- dead for 700 years by the time of this game. Um, <laughs> there's this one guy you could talk to who's like, there's a war happening. Why didn't anyone tell me? <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's a pretty good joke, actually. Uh-huh. News, news, news traveled more slowly. Uh, something something I love when when you talk to an NPC. So every NPC is named, even if they're not important, and it's always yeah. like their name and then just like a description. Or the best like... one is in the hotel when you can go to the wrong hotel door and a guy yells at you from the shower and his title is Nick, comma in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I really appreciate that. Um, as you're walking around the city, though, um, heading down to the subway tunnels, uh, you begin. Blanca's side quest, the Wolf Bouts, which um, I don't know if I was choosing whether this game, whether a game should be known for either gay pornography or literal dog fights. Um, I might choose the dog fights as the thing. The, uh, the but, way this starts is incredible because this guy just comes up and says, "Hey, that's a nice wolf," and where he just goes, "Yeah, way better than yours." Yuri's <laughs> <laughs> uh, proud of his dog. It's fine, <laughs> but uh, like this quest chain, like you basically just go around in the cities doing Pokemon fights against progressively stronger wolves. Um, mm-hmm. And there's another card here because there's always cards. Uh, after every fight, you get a little paw print on it. It's very fun, and that's how that's how Blanca can get new, like basically techs, like new new techniques. Yeah, and like we're kind of underselling how this uh, like cutscene goes because the dogs like argue with each other about whether yeah, or not they get to like, fight. 
They get extremely <laughs> shoded, like, bad pre-fight voice acting. It's incredible. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to have to try to find ways to get, like, small clips of this put in the show notes. Because there's just a lot of gold like this. It's just like, that's just, you, it's so You want to fight? No, this is a meaningless fight. That would be a waste of my energy. <laughs> Well, I just, I mean, like, if Blanca doesn't talk, whenever whenever he weighs in, just kind of goes, oh, and then here it's in parentheses and it's voiced. It's really yeah. good. <laughs> you may have noticed at this point that every character is going to level up through their own bizarre side quest. Uh, we have a large party by the end of this game, so get ready mm-hmm. for more of this. Yeah, you get like a <laughs> vampire luchador in this game. <laughs> uh-huh. So... We head after this. We head down into the subway. Uh, we ride the train to a new district. Uh, not going to try to pronounce it. Champs-Élysées. Wow, fancy lad. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. When we leave, we're introduced to mm-hmm. the uh, the Majumel brothers. Uh, two dudes hanging out in front of a cart. Uh, Pierre is a tailor. Gerard runs an item shop. They are uh, extremely gay. Like, this entire scene, the one dude is just bending over, wiggling his butt into the camera. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, and, like, it'll hold on that uh, frame if you, like, don't uh, advance the dialogue. So you can just have, like, two-thirds of your screen just wiggling ass. I mean, if you're in there. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, in case you weren't completely sure that they're supposed to be gay, they're also just in- incredibly into the theater and were theater performers along with Geppetto before he left the stage. Which, gotta feel bad that you you are given the same treatment as a wooden doll. <laughs> yeah. Pierre, you could give the uh, stud card to and he'll make new dresses for uh, Geppetto's doll. There are uh, nine of them. Six are elemental and uh, mm. no idea what the other ones are. The note just says, we'll get there, which makes <laughs> me think it's wild. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I, I got to say, like, this was really ahead of its time about, uh, you know, being horny as the only means of creativity. I mean, like, yeah, if these guys were around, <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he could only make dresses when he's, like, getting horned up looking at these cards. So, like, man, if he knew about Tumblr... It's real 2020 <laughs> Patreon rewards for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like you can at this point, you can buy new equipment for your people. Like this is where you first get your upgrades. I did not notice the upgrades in the list because they're buried at the bottom. It's like mm-hmm. instead of like a normal shop where there's like here are your items and here are your weapons and armor. They're all in the same um, like the same bucket as buying stuff. And there's a second level that's called equipped or equip, which is like, it just goes to your menu and you can see what you got equipped on your people and you can change your equipment there. But it's so weird that that's in the shop menu. I, I, it confused me. So like, I actually did not buy any upgrades for the next boss, which made the next boss a little bit more painful. Ooh. I, yes. it's an, it's an interesting half step towards convenience because yeah. now it's just like, do you want to auto equip this? But it doesn't have that. It just lets you equip without leaving the menu. That way you can still sell while on the same menu. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very weird. But, uh, at this point, we also get the points card, which is uh, it's a discount card. Like as you spend money, you can get a higher go for a higher discount. And like everything else in this game, you use the judgment ring in order to um, either get a better price on something you're buying or get more of a upcharge on what you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of weird because like also like, you know, when you're doing your uh, like, oh, how much can I afford in this? You kind of have to cross your fingers and hope that you can uh, <laughs> afford the things you're buying. I don't know what happens if 
you fail it and you have more money, you needed the discount in order to afford it. Yeah, what's up with that? Because you can, uh, I set up a multi-item purchase where I'm like, oh, if I fail this, I can't afford this. What happens there? Do you just um, not get the last item in your list? I don't know. I should actually play with that next time. Yeah, because I, 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 I did not think to check. When I when I bought, like, I bought some leaves and stuff, like, I... I definitely failed the first time I tried this because I wasn't, I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I missed the first window and I ended up failing it and just paying full price. Yeah, that first one can just be in a position where you have to hit it right away. It's very fast. They are not at fixed <laughs> positions. They're just kind of random. Yeah, yeah, it's just hit three big green ones. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to be upgrading this as you go. The more you buy throughout the game, you get points. And at right. certain tiers of points, you get the... You raise ranks from E to A. You are given the choice of what ring you want to use. So if you don't feel like gambling big, you can just go with the standard 10% discount. All the other rings get more complex. And if you hit rank A, you are given the gold card, nullifying any penalties for screwing up the ring. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a weird gamification of just shopping. <laughs> I, I, I don't I, know how I feel about it, really. <laughs> I really like that this team looked at Legend of Dragoon and said, mm, these guys exercise too much restraint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing I like about this over Legend of Dragoon, though, is that you can get a reward for doing it instead of only it only being a punishment if you mess it up like at Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, Legend of Dragoon is a game that I have a specific vitriol for. So let's just say <laughs> this is not Legend of Dragoon. Man, I... I remember when I played Legend of Dragoon and made it all the way to disc two before I realized touching a save point did not automatically save the game. Oh god. Oh <laughs> I'm like, I'm like it's just been riding real wild on my time here. <laughs> We meet the engineer in a nice hotel, and Geppetto, who is connected to literally everyone in this city, calls in a favor to get us access to an abandoned tunnel leading out of it. Lenny is following behind us in a cutscene when we go down that tunnel, and we enter the final dungeon of this recording, the subways. They do some cool stuff to make you feel pursued. Like, when you leave Geppetto's house, there's the street to the south and the subway ladder to the right. And if you try to go south, you get attacked by more dudes. Um, mm -hmm. And there are a couple places in the dungeon where that happens if you go the wrong way. And it, like, really adds to, like, the we're being chased rather than the normal JRPG of I'm being chased and don't know about it until cutscenes happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, he, it's funny that Geppetto, uh, his excuse for wanting to sneak out through the tunnels is, uh, like, oh, I have some creditors coming after me. <laughs> Wartime and all, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, the only reason why these tunnels are here is because uh, apparently when they went to set up the subway, people got so excited about it that they dug way more tunnels than they needed for the subway. 
So they have just all these abandoned tunnels under Paris. <laughs> that, that debt collector cutscene is very good because the guy just basically says it's hard on this post uh, for man <laughs> society. He just buys it immediately. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the subways are, from a map perspective, pretty straightforward. It's just a series of railway interchanges, but it has a lot of dead ends, some of which can lead you around for quite a while before pissing you off with the revelation that you need to backtrack. This is very bad for me as a dumb guy who can't, like, mentally map 3D spaces. Oh, it, it all looks very the same, and you're you're looking, like, the only real markers you can tell is that the, the little cars that block your way, they have different uh, things written on them, sort of identifying them. But the thing that's bullshit is that like there's a switch you have to flip in order to get out, get the item to get out the other side. And when you see the cutscene of, Oh, I switched it. And one of the trains moved, it doesn't show which one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the big, it's the big red main one, right? Isn't no, it? it's, it's a different one. It's there's a different one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the one, cause like the one that you're trying to get past initially is right at the beginning, and if you uh, inspect it, um, Geppetto says, oh, there's a blown fuse, we need to get another one. Uh, and the way you do is you go through, all, you find this, um, you have to find this switch, which is, uh, there's a save point near it, thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, after you flip that switch, you gotta figure out where that was and where it allow- now allows you to pass. It's a lot. It's like, just the, the, the lack ugh. of the lack of signposts, the lack of um, any kind of landmarks, like there, there's there, there are some areas where there's like graffiti or there's like signage that says, yeah, this is this is tunnel S4 something or other. Um, but that's n- not not enough, especially in a dungeon with this gimmick where you have to walk basically to all four corners of it, crossing the map several times. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw this and I was like, yeah, I, I, I can't be here all day. I pulled out an ASCII map and just in a in a, in a game facts, just just to, just to clarify it. I would yeah. have been very frustrated attempting oh, yeah. to solve this naturally. Yeah. Also, like the battles are very frequent here, and they're usually like four to five enemies. So, like mm-hmm. they they're either very taxing on your health or very taxing on your MP or both. So yeah, they do wind up in a position where uh, Karen's sword art is strong enough to wipe out uh, everything in one hit. Right. If you can, if you um, if you wind up using like knockbacks, because what you usually wind up with is a formation where you have three guys in the middle and two on sides. So if you use knockback on the on sides guys, they wind up clustered up and then you kill everyone in one hit. Yeah, no. it's just not clear to me how like the knockback. Where does that knock them to on the map? Like, I wish that was signposted uh, opposite most. opposite your character. I was, uh, yeah. which is why you have full three D rotation of the camera, so you can see where your guys are in relation to them. I, I never tried rotating the camera. What I wanted was just the ability to press a to press a button and see an overhead of the uh, yeah, like real John Madden. It yeah, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it, per, per, precisely. It just it would have made that system, I think, a lot more. Uh, a readable and you know decipherable but b uh, satisfying like i like planning that kind of stuff you know and it seems like they're trying to get you to do that yeah yeah and uh, annoyingly like like the even the the little rat dudes like it could take like if you're just attacking them straight up or doing combo like it it takes at least a combo of two characters to kill one of them Mm. and usually get four of them in an encounter and they also have aoe's which 
if you end up getting uh, ambushed, uh, is very bad for you. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> well, let's talk about the unspoken issue with this game that makes it a little more tedious to play. Because of the judgment ring system, you never really get to a point where you can just mash through garbage encounters. Right. Yeah. So even a standard fight has an added element of tedium because... Sure, there's games like Shin Megami Tensei where you really should not be treating random encounters as just garbage until you get to a certain level where it's just like, agi, 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 they're dead. But in this game, the basics of combat are so active that you can't just mash X all over and over unless you want to start eating shit. Yeah. yeah, every encounter is like two minutes long. Yeah, the thing is, I, start, I started just running away from every encounter that I ran into, and that works pretty easily in this case like there are other games where you know you try to run away and it takes like two or three tries like mm -hmm. the, the rng is not very favorable but for these encounters unless i was um getting ambushed like i could run away within two tries every time but it also meant i was under leveled for when i got to the boss and i kind of think that's going to be a thing that i want to see where that hits you guys as we go on with this i've got the point of, all right, screw it, no more grinding ever, but I kind of think <laughs> that, especially if you're ever, if everyone's getting lost in dungeons, this is going to be a case of, wow, there's a five-level disparity between everyone at each step of this. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, yeah. not all my characters were level seven by the by the end of this uh, uh, boss battle. All my dudes were level nine before yeah. I got to the boss. And I also had, like, entry, like, the first level of equipment, I hadn't had any upgrades. Oh, yeah, I wound up with level nine um, and everybody had everything upgraded and all of the accessories except for the magic defense ones, which are expensive, but they had both of the physical defense ones. Mm. Oh, goddamn. So uh, I was very prepared and steamrolled the boss in about six <laughs> turns. Ha. Yeah. No, I, I didn't do any of the gear upgrades. I was like level like six or seven, something like that. It ended oh, but the boss was real hard. Eh, it was uh -huh. fine. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. We're yeah. almost there. Yeah. Um, so we got, we got our, our old friend who shows up again here, the Ring Soul, who uh, has appeared to Karen Karen before. Uh, but Yuri's like, what the fuck? Uh, he's just <laughs> shit talking like this eternal like soul of judgment. Yeah, yeah. Just here to like kind of <laughs> neg us and then also improve our judgment ring a little bit. <laughs> yeah, something or other. It's it's very strange. Is, is there a reason why it shows up at different places or is it just, hey you're probably going to need a boost for this coming it's just if you explore a little you get some bonuses from it uh the first one was part of the tutorial tower we didn't mention yeah. it because it was locked in and you had to see it yeah yeah but you know i i appreciated it you know so Anything did you guys run into this uh cutscene before you found the switch or after before. because okay because i definitely made it to the switch and the save point and only got it when I left to go back the other way. It's because it's on the way to the ladder up to the junk shop. Not in, but you don't necessarily have to hit it on your way to the switch. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this this has a this dungeon has a weird like break in the middle. <laughs> yeah, because you go back above ground to get to that to buy that fuse. Yeah, but I will say the judgment soul um, cutscene made me appreciate that they do like the little emote bubbles which saves a bunch of what would normally just be this is where everyone talks in a row <laughs> to tell you how they feel about it dot 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 yeah it just it just makes it flow much better mm -hmm. but yeah um 
Uh, no, but you, you you go above ground there. Uh, you got a couple more NPCs to talk to. Uh, the junk shop guy is super kind. He gives you the fuse for free, which is nice. Uh, worst game would make you grind for the cash for it. Uh, instead, you can use that cash to uh, to stock up, um, especially on, I mean, for me, like MP uh, uh, items were especially useful. I wish that I would have gotten more uh, sanity recovering items just for the way the funnel, this, oh, yeah. this, this boss fight kind of went for me. Uh, but it was still mm. worthwhile to uh, to get stocked up. Also, like I had a lot of money by this point. Like usually, there's more of an early game cash crunch than I noticed here. Yeah, I, I think you can spend like like I remember when I got to the shop um, before the dungeon, I had around like twenty two hundred mm-hmm. uh, whatever currencies, and that probably could have bought me like half the uh, equipment upgrades. Definitely when I got out of this boss and went and did my neck, my actual first shop, it was like I had probably around 3,600 and I ended up spending all of it. Mm. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. That's about where you're at, because that will get you all your equipment upgrades, all your basic defense accessories and a refill on all your items up to like a good level to set you up for the basically just keep maintaining for the rest of the game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully you have uh, unlocked some more fusions before this fight, because what's going to happen <laughs> is after we hit the switch, then we have the fuse. We can go to the big stalled, what looks like the uh, an actual train car rather than like a mine cart. And uh, we push it and then uh, a lot happens. Uh, we are, <laughs> a lot happens. And then we are introduced to the... Uh, the SM magician of Veronica, who dresses in a clown, like a clown and a half mask, has a riding crop, and then she summons her uh, two pets, Castor and Pollux, who we are going to see repeatedly. And this is a fr- the first very real boss in yeah. the game. And I, I think you're you're like underselling this cutscene a little bit. It's it's very hard to not undersell everything I know, that is happening in this video well, game. Like what, hap- what happens is you're in a minecart and then you realize that Lenny and a couple of goons are in the minecart behind you and then Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yuri, <laughs> yeah. Yuri taunts them being like, "Oh, you couldn't catch a cold if you tried." Whatever. And it's like the lamest like, insult. I lo- uh, I love how lame Yuri is. It's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Uh but then, then all of a sudden it, uh, Letty decides to break the rules of physics and somehow catches up on a parallel track, and it looks like you're about to fight, and then the the <laughs> tracks just separate because that's what they <laughs> do. <laughs> and then the game just plays like a little <laughs> sound. Uh, Lenny is disappointing the other turtle. Whoa, no! It's very funny. <laughs> he comes back above ground to Romania. Damn it! <laughs> uh yeah and and like when you when you first meet like uh letty actually calls out veronica because one of his goons says oh veronica's in there waiting for them to go into the tunnels and he calls her uh oh, damn that snm broad which is a yeah, screen that he's screen the one who had that quote that i yeah. stole <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh and yeah so the caster and pollux fight so you have these uh two uh sort of impy demon looking guys uh with big eyeballs in their mouths or I guess those are their mouths. I don't know. Maybe they're just giant eyeballs. <laughs> so you have, uh, it's two guys. One of them's a flame elemental. The other one's a water elemental. Uh, and this is the first time that they will, they will combo together. Usually um, Pollux will combo behind Caster and Caster will do a com- like an attack, physical attack. And then Pollux so will do. So glad I was just slightly over level uh-huh. enough that Blanca is faster than one of the other one. So <laughs> yeah. you had a chance to do a knockback and split them up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they will fuck you up. 
uh, like they will one cycle kill like any one of your characters if they do this to you. Hell yeah. Which happened yeah. to me on the first round. <laughs> so like first round Blanca gets knocked out and then I heal Blanca and then he gets knocked out again. And then it's just, it kept going like every character kept dying until Yuri was the only one left. And I just managed to to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's point out that Yuri can be a liability in this fight, too, because these two are opposed elements. So if you transform him into one's weakness, their combo is going to hit you against something that will damage you more. Well, that's what I like about the element system is that it's opposed pairs rather than a wheel. So that's like always going to be the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true, but generally it's a one on one as opposed to ah, this can go very south very fast. Oh, yeah, like if yeah. the weakness is the, fault, the combo finisher and you just get Omega dunked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want to be the fire guy because usually Pollux and, like, uses a splash attack as the f- finisher in the combo. Yeah. It could be uh, a, a bit challenging depending on uh, where your stats are at this point or what your fusions look like. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, so the combos didn't end up getting me too bad. It, I definitely got for a while, for a few rounds, into that JRPG death churn. Death churn where yep. like, ah, dang, I need to use everybody's turn to try and heal this person who just got killed. The thing that got me was this fight lasted for a while. It was just kind of this extended attrition. Um, and my team started going berserk, which led to like Yuri doing his fusion attacks on people like AOEs. Like it, it, it pretty much always cut against me Yikes. Uh, when they decided to, you know, act while they were berserked. So it's, it was kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of mm-hmm. hard to turn that swing back around, um, using just kind of the meager sanity point recovery items that I had. Yeah, it's very frustrating where, like, even if you use a, a one of those sanity leaves, it's uh, you get like three rounds out of it and then you're berserk mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Like, actually, this is where I learned that Blanca, when uh, Blanca goes berserk, uh, he can piss on your uh, <laughs> your other characters huh. as one of their attacks. Uh, huh. That was very good. Does that do damage? Yes. And okay. sanity points. You lose sanity <laughs> points by getting peed on. That makes sense. That, that, that tracks realistic uh, <laughs> uh yeah i mean like and, and talk about like veronica like asking to be her slave before this fight too it's, it's like kind of like plays into that huh yeah if you um if you lose the uh did anybody lose the wolf fight up top no. uh no okay because uh if you remember to use that ability that ability is extremely strong like it is 55 yeah. damage ish it's like 20 magic points, so you can cast it like twice before, I think, yeah. before you have to like leaf up. Mm. And then uh, and then Karen's sword thing also, especially yes. if Karen gets to go well, they're comboing and you hit them both. That's like 120 damage between them. Yeah, yeah. And there's also like I when I watched uh, I watched the Let's Play. Wait, do you have do you get the wave skills at this point? Like the magics yeah. or is that a new game plus thing? You can have them. You can okay. have them. OK, because I, I Cause feel like I, I was... had the piercing. Um. Okay. On uh, Geppetto, which was nice because I was able to hit them both. Because they all each only have like 250 HP. You could theoretically use a bunch of spells and just nuke one down very fast. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to do If you don't get dunked first. 
Yeah, you probably want to get rid of uh, Pollux or something first. No. Um, yeah, in these fights, uh, since we're going to have a few of them, generally try and beeline one down, but keep in mind that a couple later ones will add extra issues with that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're doing like a Throne Watcher Defender later? <laughs> I'm going to presume I know what that is. Oh, it's, uh, it's a two. two it's a it's a two tag team boss at the uh, end of Dark Souls Two, where if you don't kill them both within like a minute, one revives the other. Ethel health. Oh, gotcha. I yeah. I had God mode, so I didn't really notice. <laughs> uh-huh. um, something I appreciate about the kind of I guess battle screen um, interface here is that when you're focusing on an enemy, um, it, it will show question marks for their HP. Um, I guess until you get a scan ability or something like that, but it will still show a meter showing how far down yeah. they are, which um, is greatly helpful for figuring out who to prioritize attacks on. Oh yeah, that's it's pro- it's more important than really the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly. So you win this fight. Uh, Veronica realizes her uh, odds are grim because now it's a uh, four on one, and usually that's not not exactly how she likes things. Uh, and so she teleports away, and uh, that leaves us free to exit back to the surface of Paris. Or at least, you know, we're leaving to go to Le Havre or wherever. I, right, we're going to Le Havre now? I believe that is the correct yep. name, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, So, but we can go back and visit any parts of Paris now without needing to use the subway or anything to sneak around. Uh, so we can revisit this area and go to the shops and whatnot. Cool. And that's it for this section. Does uh, anybody have any thoughts on the opening leg of Shadowheart's Covenant? I am so glad that I just don't have to revisit this stupid opening quest where you have none of your skills again. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I, that I'm going to continue playing just because of, you know, a time you know, consideration of my own assignment stuff to do. But I was really happy to get a chance to kind of dive into this because I've heard really good things about it all the time uh, i think there's a lot of like really cool mechanical stuff happening here and i'm like way down for the stylistic goofiness of this so yeah it was a, it was a good experience i was happy to uh to uh, go through it yeah I, I feel like this opening bit has a good sense of like there's the melodrama there's the good sense of place uh you know because you have like the the spooky tower and you have the the french town and you have paris uh mm-hmm. And you, you have you have the humor, you have some of the more serious dour stuff. Uh, you, you, ha- you have a fucking graveyard of the soul where you have a little girl's uh, ghost running around it and you're growing <laughs> out of a goddamn tree. Like, yeah, within an hour, you go from a purge of an entire village uh-huh. to, like, giving porn to a guy for a dress for a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, as much as the I, I thought that the subways themselves were a bit of a bummer. But I I like this. And there, there was something about it. Uh, like, I hadn't played... Uh, JRPG of this vintage in a while and it like really kind of triggered like a like a real like sweet spot of like man this feels really fresh going back to like a PS2 style JRPG where it isn't like so overwrought with systems yet but it's still more complicated than just mashing X to attack mm-hmm. oh Matt oh Matt <laughs> you know what's next on the docket oh <laughs> I know I know I know uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that, get hype! Get hype for Masher X to summon a mech to mash X more. <laughs> get hype to watch a hour and a half long cutscene every thirty Hell minutes. Yeah. Uh, for reference, we're doing Xenosaga next. Uh, oh, ooh. the trilogy, <laughs> all three. The 
I, I, I like guesting on this. I'm super happy you asked me on. I, <laughs> I, I go with God, you guys. I hope you have fun. <laughs> oh, you could be on Zeno Saga 3 where it's at least cool. Okay. <laughs> Zeno Saga 3 is basically Final Fantasy 13, but turn-based. Okay, cool. Actually... I think it would be hilarious to bring Cole back for the opening of Xenosaga 3, where, um, yeah, with no context, that's a thing. Uh, yeah, no, no, okay. okay tell, uh, me about, I, tell me about Udo Daddy. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will tentatively agree, although I don't, I, that's probably a, a couple of years out, so I won't make you make promises. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I, uh, this is a little grindy, but I'm extremely into it because I'm a sucker for anything with like a lot of nitty gritty options to where there's a ton of vectors to mid max it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Pretty excited about it. Have you switched to the technical ring yet? Oh hell yeah, buddy! I get <laughs> mad, so mad every time. Man, I am because I, I should probably I accidentally do that. did it on Geppetto and uh, <laughs> it did not work out because then you l- love to uh, love to whiff all of my healing spells. I just standing there like no, 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 no wait, wait, I'll I'll go again when it comes around. Yeah, uh, the, I also. They also fuck you over because I tried to do a degenerate strategy where I put all my hit ups on Yuri, so Ooh. he had like six attacks. Then switch it to the Gambler Ring, yep. which mm. gives you a very t- very tiny slice. And then I was like, and then I'll also give him all the strike area width increases and the hit area increases, which do nothing on the Gambler mm. Ring, so just get fucked. <laughs> uh, I even uh, tried to spend fifty, uh, like it's like four thousand uh, on uh, the fifty percent slowdown. Still could not hit that. Man, that, I, I picked up one of those slowdown um, judgment yeah, ring things. you get it for beating the wolf fight, I think. You get one. Oh, it's the so good. Percenter. It's so oh. good, but it also fucks up my timing for the other ones. <laughs> all gambler all the time. Ugh. I didn't mention it during the Caster and Pollux fight, but I really got worked over by when they m- made my judgment ring small. Oh, oh motherfucker. Yeah. That shit was so bad. <laughs> I, I, that didn't happen to me, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh definitely happened to uh Karen, which is not great because I'm trying to spam this sword skill, guys. Chill out. <laughs> uh all right, well thanks for coming on, Cole. Uh, yeah. so uh you can get in touch with the podcast uh on Facebook at Light X Thrice. Uh time for plugs. Uh Cole, you go first. Yeah. Um so I host a bunch of shows over on the duckfeed.tv network. Watch out for fireballs. Uh, and Bonfireside Chat are uh, probably things people who are listening to this would uh, jive with the format there. But there's also, you know, Abject Suffering, The Level, bunches of stuff, bunch of video stuff on YouTube and Twitch and things like that. Um, would love to have you come over and see it. Hear it. Yeah. Yeah. This, sh- this show is explicitly a clone of Bonfireside Chat, but for JRPGs. Yeah, yeah essentially. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Uh, we're doing this is a this is definitely a podcast as a service like the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I, 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 I like hear these you. games. I, I know. <laughs> I, me like, too, I like just zoning out, listening to podcasts. And yeah, <laughs> uh, Fletch. Uh, I am the editor over at the Rice Ball Network, where you can hear me occasionally interject and or do entire filler episodes for shows like Going Digital, Journey Through the Decacast. An upcoming third show that is focused on Sonic X, the horrible cursed 2000s anime, and maybe oh, some no. other projects that are coming in My 2020. My child is watching that. It is extremely cursed. It is extremely cursed. And I'm about to add it to her parental controls list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I cannot stress enough that that's probably a good idea. And God help the hosts <laughs> if they manage to get through Sonic X, because I know what's next on their list and I can't spoil it. Mm. Uh, okay. You could listen to our other shows on the network, like uh, Magmar Sucks, where we stack rank Pokemon based on how interesting they are. Uh, we also talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure if you hit up our Patreon at tentacle.pro. And that's all until next time when we'll be talking about the game up through beating Grail and Stargazer. Nice. Goodbye. Peace. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.